0: Well, welcome to Amplified and happy holidays.
1: We have an exciting show, but we always have an exciting show. And this one's very thematic because this is three guests from different parts of the country and uh, different missions that all are aligned in one thing, which is positivity and community. And they're also all featured in a Keep Smiling book that's coming out. One's coming out in 2018 and then uh, the, the Charm City one is already out. And so we're going to learn why they were chosen to be in the Keep Smiling movement. And I'm um, I'm going to influence them into actually, or I, I should say, inspire them to be authors in the next book, because I think their story is so amazing, not just for the radio, but it should be a, a legacy piece. So Rosa, what are you doing this uh, past weekend for the holidays?
2: Well, this is a really busy time. I mean, I'm working with a lot of my clients to be strategic, so they're ready to go in, uh, in January, but also attending some events. Uh, I went to the uh, Joe Flack webinar on Thursday with you. And um, that, was, that was a fun event. I uh, I enjoyed it. Met some good people. We know how important events are. You make connections that you would not make otherwise.
1: You know, uh, Zeke was so kind, and he's, he's coming up as our second guest, to extend mm-hmm. an invitation two times to, to meet with the Ravens. And so our Baltimore Charm City book has really uh, jumped up a bit. And although I didn't get that magic shot of Joe Flacco and, and Justin <laughs> Tucker, I was able to hand the book <laughs> off to... I was able to hand the book off. I, I did a, a, a lateral pass to Joe Flacco and <laughs> caught the book, and it opened up right to Governor Hogan and uh, Ladarius Webb, and I said, I'd love wow. to have you in the book. So he gave me a nod, and you know, Zeke and, and several other people said, you want to meet Joe Flacco? Well, heck, I got a kid that goes to school with his son and all these other things. In fact, Rosa, you even have that connection. So it yes. seems like uh, it was not destined that night but it was destined for him to learn about the key Smiley movement. So let's briefly uh, think about, we have 2018 around the corner, we have the holidays right now. What is a nice marketing tip that people can do that's pretty effortless during the holidays that builds a better 2018?
2: Well, you know, one of the things we talking about is strategic relationships. Um, You know, your LinkedIn, you know, needs to be really up to date with all your projects that you're doing. And anybody who has been featured in shows like your show or any other national shows should have that in their LinkedIn because a lot of times reporters are looking for uh, people to interview about things. And that's a great way to expand your message, amplify your message.
1: And, I, you know, I was uh, thinking about this earlier is that a lot of times in the holidays, we revert our energy and attention to family, which is where it should be. But it's really mm-hmm. important to think of those maybe top 10 or 20 people that created the abundance in our lives and maybe make a visit to them and just give them a, a heartfelt thank you and, and maybe some type of mm-hmm. gift that would uh, help their 2018 be a better year for them. What do you think of that I'd a a idea? Raise what
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> So if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to uh, – I'd like you to give the – Let's go ahead and give the bios for both Andre and Zeke because I want to actually interview both of them at the same time, since we've had a couple of collaboration uh, events
2: with them. Okay. Um, Andre Robinson is a community and cultural organizer, activist, and consultant with a background as a director, producer, writer, and creative placemaker. He has served in an ex- as an executive and creative leadership capacity on films, television, music, conferences, special events, and cultural activations across the country. He's returning to Baltimore from a citywide restorative justice, police accountability, and economic and racial equity initiatives in Greensboro, North Carolina. His current project, Building Broad Networks of Community Development Around Baltimore's Innovation Villages Model, has expanded to real estate, workforce, and economic development while serving the expansion of conscious communities everywhere. And Sikh, he's a, na- a native of Baltimore who has always been involved in his community. After graduating college, Sikh returned to pursue business and entrepreneurship. After working in finance for a few years, he has since focused his efforts on the Be a Boss app and works with the app's founder, Elijah Kelly, and his chief strategic officer, Julian Dinovi, on finding ways to utilize their platform, to transform Baltimore and eventually the world. They hope to give all of those with skills a means to earn a living wage. And so here they are.
1: Well, welcome, Andre and Zeke. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. So,
3: thank, thank you, you So to Andre,
1: with everybody. I'd like to, Andre, I'd like to start off with you because I think we have a lot more history and, and a relationship that actually keeps bumping in each other. So we're up to big things in 2018. And the reason it's I invited you on in the show. Is, way
3: of saying uh, that I'm old. Uh, That's
4: uh, <laughs> you know, I've known him a long
3: time. And, uh, well, you know, it's good. We have known each other you know,
4: a while. Well, Andre,
1: it, you know, it's tough for me to be the young one and you to be the old one, but I've maintained that in our relationship. So I've been very excited. There you go. About you
3: know, it's it, listening it has to happen. It's in
1: a relationship. Well, I just want to say, Andre, I've, I've always admired what you've created and, and running into you recently with the Community Cleanup Project. It just shows that you are in a, a true purpose-driven, God-calling mission to make community better, to make America better, to make the world better. And I just wanted to first acknowledge you for that because it's no accident I keep running into you uh, every single time at events that make a difference.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So we, and you know why? You know, you're right age. there with me. You're right alongside me. So uh, we've been doing, we've been at this for a little while. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, but a
1: gentleman named AJ Ali, who is a, a, a funny guy, he had a sense of humor of putting together a good fellows of Baltimore that uh, had kind of a quirky start and even a quirky processing, but. I got to meet some amazing people in my life. If you, if I look back and connect the dots, that was one of the significant aspects of being connected to influencers, leaders, and actually my purpose. So uh, a little shout out to AJ for coming up with the idea. And technically, Vincent Sharps, if, I don't know if you know this, Andre, but Vincent Sharps right. was uh, getting together with uh, AJ and said, what about an idea like a good Goodfellas, but it's for... Uh, actually making a positive difference. It's not a gangster uh, Hmm. uh, reality show, but it's more (laughs) about how they do good deeds. So uh, just briefly, if you want to share how Goodfellas, how your
3: role in Goodfellas happened and what that did for your life. Well, uh, actually, uh, it was quite really by accident. AJ happens to be my cousin, uh, and he knows that I work in media and multimedia. I think that they had tried to get the show off the ground before, and uh, we were just, you know, annually, we just kind of catch up with each other. Uh, we were both living on the east, uh, the east Coast, I think, but I had just returned from the West Coast. Um, and uh, he told me about the show, and I was excited by the concept, and I grew up in Washington, D.C., and never used to come to Baltimore, I mean, ever, 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 um, because the story about Baltimore was mostly a crime story. Um, and there was no reason to to stop off uh, you know on my way to New York and just sort of you mark that you 've got three hours left to go and you keep on going to New York. But when I came mm-hmm. to the city and started to meet people um, you know on a, a more intimate basis um, and saw what a dynamic and powerful and uh, creative city that it was, um, I just kind of fell in love with the place in a very short period of time um, so that's how that started. I was introduced to the, the, the cast that had already been um, uh, uh, created. And uh, I thought that it was a really good time to have a show that was about something else. So, you know, the Wire was in its heyday back in 2010. And um, it was really continuing to support that idea that Baltimore is mostly a city that doesn't work, a city that's falling apart, a city that's you know just a crime and corruption center. Um, and, uh, you know, having come, worked in Washington, D.C. for a number of years and worked in Harlem and Brooklyn for a number of years, it was like, OK, well, all cities have major urban areas have a crime story. But there was a renaissance going on in those other stories. Uh, you know, when you talk about New York, you don't think about just the crime rate. You think about Broadway and Wall Street and a bunch of other stories. Well, Baltimore has these other centers of activity and centers of sort of cultural renaissance, although the wire is not alive. You know, there's certainly many, many neighborhoods that we work in that are, you know, dire and desperate and should not look the way that they look. But um, if there was ever a, uh, a city that contained the kinds of people that could do something about that as the city, you don't have to go very far to find phenomenal practice communities in Baltimore. I mean, very committed people who are focused on turning it around. So I found that to be a very compelling place to not only come in and do the work, but to help tell the story about that work being done.
1: Well, Baltimore City, uh, AKA Charm City, is a microcosm of the world, just like any other city, and it's uh, it's kind of a good versus mm-hmm. evil in any place. The more you if you feed the good, the less the evil has a chance to take over and ha- have people make bad choices and just not live great mm-hmm. lives. So that that show was to inspire people. And I think you hit the nail on the head that the wire was really the tone and the, the viewpoint of, of Charm City. And so we lived up to it by having the, like the number two, number three, number four, number five highest murder rate in the United States. And I think what you and Zeke are doing is waking up not only Baltimore, but waking up the United States of America to say, hey, this is a place we believe in. This is a place that has beautiful people. And everything is about programming. The more you program goodness, the more you actually cause it to spread and actually take seed. And then we have this beautiful city. So that's why I wanted you on the show, because you're taking on a a tough project, but it's not a project that's impossible. It's just about actually
3: amplifying what you're doing so more people get involved. Absolutely. Everything's impossible until it's done, to quote uh, Nelson Mandela. You know, it's always a crazy idea in the beginning. And then you do it, and then people start to see it, and then it inspires others to join you, and then you can never lose in those kind of scenarios well why don't you uh
1: talk about how you connected with zeke and uh, what you were doing when i saw you this this last
3: month and last week uh, uh, doing- i mean, i do uh I, I you know um i think it was uh it was it was is it paula or Rosa that was saying about uh about doing events um mm-hmm. so um we connected uh through his dad actually elijah kelly um who is a developer and a a creative person and just uh You know, I think if you've seen The Aviator, you know some of those kind of guys that just jump from thing to thing to thing and they put their hands on it and somehow it's good. So um, we met uh, with uh, a development effort here in uh, West West Baltimore um, called the Conscious Developers Roundtable, which we're members of. And uh, then he started talking with us, since uh, workforce development is such a critical element of it, about an app that uh, sort of creates an easy access for entrepreneurs and people who have services to get on to a network and a portal of other people looking for services, which is a great way in the gig economy to get uh, connected. It's sort of like you know Uber for personal services. And so I was really drawn to the architecture of such a well-developed application. And then um, in one of the meetings, I think it was at Coppin or other places that we were working, he introduced me to Ezekiel and he said, well, this is the guy that's you know, that's running everything. And it was like, oh, that's already captured my attention because, of course, we as older, you know, men and women need to be passing on very quickly the the mantles of power to the younger generation so they can really understand how things work. You know, this stuff is not theoretical. Eventually, you've got to get behind the driver's seat and drive it. So when I met um, Zeke and his partner they inspired such confidence and such competence in what they were doing that I, I saw an immediate way for what we feel is the core f- strategy for revitalization in Baltimore is putting people back to work, work that can be proud of, work that communities can be proud of. And as we were looking around in, the, in a room full of, of, of you know, older men and women, all of us had started as general labor. We all, all had <laughs> yeah. been done cleaning up something and sweeping up something in a corner store, in our family's market someplace, right? So this idea uh, that they have uh, created has taken purchase because, in fact, the city has used it uh, before during Snowmageddon, and they hired hundreds and hundreds of young people to go out to help to clean the streets, and, and, you know, they've sacrificed a great deal of you know, personal finance to get that done. And I was just drawn to their example and their competence because the app is very well developed. Um, and uh, I'm stealing a lot of Zeke's thunder. I should probably let him tell the story of it, but I'm just <laughs> I, I was very, very um, uh, enthused and inspired by the fact that it was so well done. They were so competent at what they were doing that I always feel like, you know, you want to get something done, you find a bunch of really busy people and then they'll turn their attention to it and you're, you're unstoppable after that.
1: Well, Zeke, let's turn that over to you. So talk about how this all, what was the reason it needed to be done and, and why did you become the power of one in your dad to actually create it? Um, so, uh, first of all, thanks for having me.
5: And um, uh, it, it's kind of a, a really interesting story um, so I'm, I'm originally from Baltimore, uh, West Baltimore, Emerson Avenue. Um, for those who know Baltimore, um, grew up in West Baltimore all my life, uh, had the privilege of attending um, a private school here in Baltimore, as well as public schools. Um, and so from a very young age, I quickly understood the dichotomy of, uh, of Baltimore, um, which if you're from Baltimore, you know, if you've recently moved to Baltimore, you will know. Um, and some people call it the two Baltimores. Um, you know, there's a lot of different names for it. But I quickly realized that there was this dividing line um, between those that did not have um, and those that did have. Um, and that was something that uh, really stuck with me and, and bothered
1: me, to be quite frank. Um, and hey, Zeke? so, like, Zeke? from a young age... Is that hey, I, guess? I just want to ask you, yeah. when you say have and don't have, can you actually be a little more explicit? I want, I want our listeners to actually understand the difference between having yeah. So if, if you
5: ever visit Baltimore, it's as easy as picking any neighborhood in the city and walking two to three blocks uh, west or east or, or north or really any direction. Um, so what you'll have is you'll literally have one side of the street will be nice, recently renovated houses, and the other side of the street will be abandoned, dilapidated, partially done. You may have people squatting. You may
1: have people living there. Um, and that comes and, from, uh, say it again, sorry. I was just going to say that, that that's hundreds. I mean, this is not a small problem. This is a,
2: oh, no, literally
1: yeah. a massive thousands issue. Thousands of properties. Right? Yeah. Thousands of properties. Yeah. And photos. Um, I took, photos. I took photos of this. So people that want to see these photos, there's photos of, of just rows and rows of houses that are just closed up and then there's the other side of the street or one block over that they've been renovated. So this is a very big problem. Yeah. Go ahead and see.
5: yeah, and so, uh, so when I was in high school, I read this book called uh, Blockbusting in Edmonton. Um And I'm from Emerson, so I, I was doing a project for class and one of my teachers recommended it. And of course, I had lived in it, right? I, when I was younger, there was, you know, 75% of the houses on my, in my neighborhood, which was Midtown Emerson, were occupied. Um, by the time I was in high school, only it was 30%. Um, so I had seen a significant drop in the amount of people that occupied houses in my direct neighborhood, but I didn't know there was a name for it. I didn't know there was a history behind it. I didn't know there was anything attached, other than the fact that the people that I knew lived in those houses were gone. I didn't know why. I didn't know how. Um, and so that, coupled with you know living in uh, quote unquote the hood, as some people would call it, and attending a thirty thousand dollar institution, something didn't something didn't make sense to me. So I was trying to figure out. How do we get the people from the neighborhood that I am, how do I get my cousins, how do I get my family members, my friends from here, right, or maybe get them to stay here and build something here that allows them to have access to the things that that other side of Baltimore has access to? Um, so I went to college. Uh, I actually went to um, a small liberal arts college in Kentucky, ironically enough, um, which I to be honest with you, forgot Kentucky was a state until I decided to go to school there. Um, because I'm such a city boy and it was like Baltimore and New York was the only thing that I knew. But I went to this awesome college, had a great experience, um, got to see rural rural America, which is a whole nother beast in itself, um, and was given some tools by some very amazing professors that I have that allowed me to go back to Baltimore. Um so I went to Baltimore, came back, did finance for a couple of years and uh, I guess about nine months, my dad uh, calls me up and says, hey, um, this app that I've been working on, um, I, I really want to bring you on full time. Um, and at that point, I had been doing mostly testing for him, was doing a lot of concepts, helping him like, work through problems, things of that nature. But I was, I was doing the finance thing, and, I, and I, had, like, this pre, I had this notion in my head or this thought of, okay, this is how I want to do it. I want to get this 10 years of experience working in finance, and then I'm going to bring all this knowledge that I have back to my community. And and that's going to like, that's going to be the solution. Um, And anyway, so my dad calls me up. I get really intrigued by the app and about the opportunity to, uh, to kind of take my own destiny into my own hands um, and really use my full time and full energy into a project that is not only going to help Baltimore, but that we really do believe can help the world. Um so that was about almost probably about nine months ago. Um so fast forward about two months ago, um like Andre said, um my dad says, Hey, I have um a meeting here at Coppin. I want you to come and you know, I want you to introduce you to some of the people that are doing this great work around. I meet Andre. Um like I said, if you're from Baltimore then you know that Baltimore is pretty small. Um the older you get, um I'm much younger than Andre and Ken. Um, but <laughs> me and Andre both,
3: <laughs> me and Andre both knew. Right, that's uh, okay, young man, it comes soon. The gray hairs come sooner than you think. <laughs> you know,
2: it's okay.
3: I was going to say these dicks so are I, many
2: points. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so me and Andre
5: had a mutual acquaintance who uh, was actually my cousin, Candace Chan. Who, like, when people ask me, "Hey, who do you know that's doing the most amount of community work, or who do you know that's really?" you know, champion, championing these different programs and and really involved in the community. She's the person. She's always been that person. Um, I had done work with Candace ever since I was younger. And so at mutual contact, I knew instantly, okay, Andre, he's serious. Um, because, uh, sadly there's a lot of people in Baltimore who have a lot of power and have a lot of influence, but don't do anything with that. Um, and that was one of the things that we talked about, um, at that summit, um, that was at, uh, Triple that was at Baltimore City Community College, and then as well at Coppin, is figuring out how do we pool all the people, right, with the power and with, with the drive and with the vision to get some things done. So out of that meeting um, came the uh, cleaning up and really choosing a neighborhood. We were like, okay, let's not talk about it. Let's choose a neighborhood. Let's pick a number of kids. Let's, you know, figure out, do as much as we can, right, by ourselves, and let's just do it. Um, and the first cleanup happened... I guess about a month and a half happened uh, about a month and a half ago. And that went amazing. Um, We did it in two different neighborhoods um, and kind of give you an idea of what the actual uh, uh, community cleanup project is. And Andre, you can chime in to add anything if I forget, but basically what it is is we're pooling a group of somewhere between 40 and 50 uh, inner city kids, mostly from East or West Baltimore. Uh, and we're choosing a community in West Baltimore, a community in East Baltimore, and we're paying them to clean up that community. Um, and we're also providing them with a soft skills class and teaching them about resume and work development and things of that nature. Um, so the first one, that was a month a month and a half ago. And the most recent one was actually this past weekend. Um, that was right. huge as well. So at least on the West, I was at the West Baltimore location both times. Both times we thought only 20 kids were showing up most times 30 plus kids showed up uh, the first time it was about 40 kids that showed up. So well, let's just, I mean, that's just one day, right? One Saturday you see instantly that when you provide an opportunity for these kids, they show up and they show up to clean. Um, you know, it's not quote unquote the most glamorous job, but like Andre said, we all found out that most of our jobs uh, for the people who were in that room started out cleaning up. My, me, myself, my first job was cleaning up the Harbor um in the summertime I would go around and pick up trash and diapers and all types of things um out of the inner harbor. Um and that was that for me was great because I got my paycheck. I was able to buy things, save money, hop out around the house. Um that was a big deal for me. Um so well, Zeke, you know,
1: not to talk too much longer. Go ahead. Yeah. So I just want to say I think it is the glamorous job actually. Because yeah. it's actually taking care of community. It's like saying that your yeah. house isn't important to clean up. So I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't argue the point. I just say it's a privilege to be able to actually connect with community community leaders. And the amount of people that I met at your event clearly stated to me these were quality people. And there's going to be big things that happen for me just by going there to photograph. And I want to give a shout-out to Marvin Lewis because he volunteered to go out and uh, photograph this past weekend. And the other yeah, thing was want is yeah. that when I asked Andre his age, and he told me his age, I go, damn. You are old. And he said, Yeah, but I'm, I'm the <laughs> same mm-hmm. age as you. And I was like, Oh, shoot. So I, I backed up and I never brought up his age again. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to say. Well, I, right, I'm, uh, sure You know I'm what? You realize
3: when you get to a certain age that it's actually a privilege to live this long. So it's really exactly. okay. I'm you know, 62 and you know, proud I, of it.
1: Meet, well, when I meet wise people, Andre, and I say, how's, how's it going? They say, I woke up this morning and I'm excited. So you're absolutely right. So every day is a gift. And when we're in the holiday season, we need to remember that when we get up, we have a difference that we can make or a difference that we take. And so I encourage you to look at this app and let's go ahead and give them information on how they can get the app. And then Andre, if you wouldn't mind giving information for those leaders or influencers, cause that's our main uh, listenership that might want to mm-hmm. learn about how to get involved in this uh, board. And I would actually like sure. to invite it to the board cause that would be an honor to be there, but how they could set up a board in their own city. Okay. Zeke, go ahead first. Zeke, you first.
5: Okay, I'll go really quickly. So if you want it, get onto the app, all you have to do is go to your Google Play Store or your App Store if you have an iPhone and type in B a Boss. That's B as in boy, uh, E as an echo, the letter A, and then the word boss. Um, or if you're just interested in learning some more, you can go to our website, which is www.beabossnow.com.
3: You can go ahead, Andre. Yeah, I would also encourage your... Um your listeners uh, to come out. We are often um, connecting with um, communities in person. So we have an event this evening at Center for Urban Families at 630 that is sponsored by um, Be A Boss, which is not, sorry, not by Be A Boss. Be A Boss should be a sponsor, and they are actually a partner of ours, but by um, Master Your Card, which is a, uh, a program that MasterCard is created to support people that are actually revitalizing, rebuilding communities around the uh, the technologies and finance and so forth and so on. So we're going to be speaking with a gentleman from uh, Morgan Stanley, um, who is going to, well, with other community leaders in the room, talk about how we bring um, capital markets and the attention for capital markets back to uh, Baltimore. So... Um, um, This, uh, so Center for Urban Families is at 2201, um, Monroe Street in Baltimore. And basically what we're doing is collecting the kinds of individuals, the Zeeks of the world and his father and Elijah and Candace Chance, all those, all those wonderful people that have been mentioned, because this is a city that when you people put their shoulder to it, change happens, right? Change happens when people show up to make it happen. Um, so we do a lot of work online. All of us, you know, are very uh, uh, comfortable around our keyboards. But sometimes magic happens when you're actually in the room with other people who then you watch the collisions create synapses that then lead to other kinds of things that you don't really even have to, um, to manage at that point anymore. It kind of takes off, uh, takes off on its own. So I would encourage people to come out, see us at Center for Urban Families this evening at 630 Um, We're going to be uh, really sort of doing a deep dive with uh, developers and activists and a bunch of other folks that really can help to uh, inspire each other. Um, Lamont Corperew is coming from, uh, he's a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley and uh, as a Baltimore native. and, And again, the assets in Baltimore are considerable. We are a college town. We have great assets. We have great infrastructure. We have phenomenal talent. All this real estate that uh, that Zeke is talking about really represents a phenomenal asset that really needs to be recovered and recapitalized, so that we have competent, safe, and comfortable, healthy places for people to live. That's the thing that's going to lead people back to Baltimore and back to more and Baltimore. Then, therefore, back to its full flowering is one of the most important cities in America. I totally agree. Absolutely. You. And,
1: you know. I just want to say, you know, Dr. Ben Carson's from Baltimore, Johns Hopkins. I mean, there's so many amazing things. We have the first uh, African American wax museum that I actually learned about as a result of traveling from one neighborhood that was being cleaned up to your neighborhood you were cleaning up, Andre. And I took all these photographs, mm-hmm. and what an amazing museum. So there are so many treats and amazing people that you can learn about. I, I, I want to make sure that people will know that you can go to the Amplified. Facebook page and we'll put a link to the event that's happening tonight what is the name of the board that you guys have to actually uh, build Baltimore what did you mention earlier Uh the, uh, the, it's
3: the, the organization actually is innovation villages um, okay. and uh, you can find some in, in this we've done tons of events so there's tons of information available you know online about that and it's basically a collaboration with the universities community-based organizations, other CDCs. I run one in Reservoir Hill. Um, And these collaborations with neighborhoods and operators and activists and um, even some people who are challenging all that, of course, you don't want to unleash a massive wave of displacement of communities once they become healthier again because that's the common practice, right? The challenge is how do we get people uh, to be able to live in communities and stay and that is by putting them back to work, which is why Be a Boss, uh, the, the project with uh, Master Your Card and other things becomes so critical because you're talking about reigniting communities from their strongest asset, which is the people, right? People have to Absolutely. be able to go back to work. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have to take a that-
0: break,
1: and I just want to thank both of you. And we're going to be able to put anything else you want to say on the link. And this is not a one-time show. We're going to revisit this show after you guys become authors of the Keep Smiling book because I think your story actually is not only inspiring, it's going to cause the movement of Charm City actually being the city we want to see it to be. So thank you for being on the show. And I want to thank
3: you for continuing to do the work that you've been doing. You've been at it a while. Uh, You're irrepressible. And I think that's that's the kind of energy that it takes to actually um, make – change happens, So I want to yeah, acknowledge absolutely you for the work you've been doing.
1: And, and Zeke, thank you so much for being a stand for me being at your big events that actually uh, attract the type of influencers that can use their platform to actually boast about your app and also cause the kind of change that uh, enrolls people to make that just contribution of their time or their their money or their resources so that we get the city to be the best city. Because it deserves to be yeah, the all I just right, want
5: to well, thank you, so Ken. Right um, I want to thank you for attending our events and really bringing a different type of um, energy to those events. Everyone talks about you. Everyone talks about this Keep Smiling cards. Everyone talks about how personal you are and just how positive you are. And we at Be A Boss really appreciate you and appreciate the partnership as well as the work we've done with you, Andre. And we're looking forward. And just to be clear for people um, who are trying to download the app, it's Be A Boss. is
1: three separate words, and you'll, you'll get right to it. Okay, great. We're going to break right now. We'll be back to Dr. Paula, and we are so excited about that message that's going to complement this one.
0: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify.
1: Okay, that first segment was amazing, and as you can see, the guests we have, they can carry an hour by themselves. So we are not going to hear the last from Andre and Zeke. We're going to bring them back next year when we have some of these projects, i.e. the key Smiling Movement, in place so we can have them share their story in more depth. So, Rosa, would you be kind enough to introduce Dr. Paula?
2: Yes. Dr. Paula, the life doctor, has helped hundreds of thousands of people improve their health, wealth, and relationships through writing, coaching, and speaking their ultimate creative problem-solving process aligns and integrates information in both sides of the brain. Clients dissolve hidden fears and blocks, solve challenging problems, and reach their goals. Despite being told that she couldn't write creatively, paint, or dance, Dr. Paula is a best-selling author and host of the top-ranked show "Outlive Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, right here on Voice America. So She has also appeared on USA Today, the Dallas Morning News, and on national television and radio. Dr. Paula.
4: Hi, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we had so much fun, Ken and I, when, we, when he was on my show er, last week. So I am looking forward to continuing the positive energy.
1: Well, Paula, I have to say that show that you had—I was able to listen to you—and you are a force of goodness and positivity. My gosh! And the amount of people that actually listen to you and share how much you change their life—that is really a testament to what your show is doing.
4: Well, thank you. It's—it's it's my pleasure. And having been through um, needing to change, choosing to change. From seeing the world in, in such a negative way, I used to say the worst place to live was in my own head. And so to be have, have done the work myself to learn to see so much beauty and joy and love in the world and then to be able to help other people do that too is just an amazing blessing and I'm grateful to be able to do it.
1: Well, you know, Rose and I designed these shows so that when the guests are actually merged together, married together, partnered together in a show, that we hope that a relationship comes out of it. And when I worked with Zeke at a couple of events and I ran into Andre at a community event and I was at your show last week, I have to say that it was a blessing that our guests that we were having today had to move their show. And so we had this opening and I said, you know, Rose, I have this brilliant idea and I put you guys together. So what did you think about that first segment?
4: Well, it it you it was a perfect match in more ways than you even know because my first career was in education, and I worked in inner city Detroit. And actually, um, two of you, you the the point of age seems to be relevant. So <laughs> I will date myself back to 1967 in the Detroit riots, and I taught in the junior high school that was burnt during those riots. And wow. so it 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 and I have seen the change that is happening in Detroit now, the revival of the city. It's so beautiful and so exciting and so much is possible. And as an educator I always look for how can we turn the system around? Where's the entry point? And I realized there was no one entry point. It was everything had to change. That it, it that if all of it didn't work together to create positivity and, and healthy environments and um, good education by people who who believed in children and their capabilities in all children. it took all of it to to create positive change and I'm so excited to hear what is being done in Baltimore because it's it's clearly a pattern, and all of these cities I think need to get together. Dallas also has an effort called DallasCityOfLove.org where people are trying to change the image of Dallas and, and the belief that, you know, there's only violence here. And so it, it is time for us to rewrite these stories, as Andre said, of cities of of um individuals and we need to rewrite our own stories to tell them in uplifting and positive ways, instead of looking at the empty glass, which I used to. Mine wasn't even half empty. Believe me, it was empty. And no matter how much I accomplished or how much I had, it was my mindset. And so as we begin to shift the mindset of, um, each individual and communities. And you talked about um, hopefully changing the world. I think Zeke said that. I don't think it's hopefully. I believe that changing the world starts with the individual, that starts with each of us making conscious, positive choices every second of every day to Um, be more inclusive, to be kinder, to open a door for somebody, to smile at them, to ask the dry cleaners, about um, the, the salesperson about their family. Whatever it is, wherever you are, we can always smile and keep smiling and spread that energy to other people. It it takes all of us choosing to make a difference within ourselves and then everyone we touch and then it does reach the world. That's the, the only way, I think. It does not come from the top down. Top down leadership is an old model. It does not work it works from the bottom up from each individual and yes there are people organizers who help to inspire and educate and and model what needs to be done and pull people together but it takes and it takes each of us saying yes and making the individual choices and continuing it when we're not in Uh, connection with the people who give us the wisdom, the knowledge, and the strength, but allow us to um, have the tools within ourselves and the courage and the commitment and the strength to continue to make loving choices so that we become more compassionate, more empathetic, more loving, and then everything we do spreads that.
1: I totally agree, and I, I think a, a great way to kind of surmise that is that we're all looking for that champion. And I wrote, I made a shirt in an event called Ticket to Greatness. and It was about these crazy people like um, Bono and um, Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks and uh, Mother Teresa. All these people when they first Gandhi, when they first said, "This is what I want to do in the world," people said, "You're absolutely crazy. There's not going to be any chance you can create this." And And the way it's created is because they become a champion and they enroll because of their commitment. So what Andre and uh, Zeke were talking about was actually being that champion. And I think that's the important part of actually, it's not a top down or bottom up. And and I don't think that what you said is incorrect. I'm just saying it's a partnership of leadership.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And it it does, it takes um, people being inspired And we need leaders to inspire us and to give us the tools. I think that what I was referring to is that some people believe that the leaders of our countries um, are the ones who are going to bring about world peace. And that is not the case. Um, Andre and, and Zeke are the individuals that I was talking about who are taking things into their own hands and saying, we can make a difference within ourselves, within our community, and then with, by, um, by spreading that, just by doing that, it spreads to the world rather than expecting our world leaders to create the change.
1: Totally agree. And I I want to say something that was really supposed to be in the first segment, but it it kind of uh, is something we can talk about. So we have a gentleman. His name is Donnell Wallace, and he had gold teeth, and he was fighting really for a chance to be acknowledged as a professional. And so with the Keep Smiling movement, I attracted Dennis to take his teeth and turn them into beautiful white teeth. It was about $30,000 in work that this dentist uh, did for Donnell, and he is actually at the events that Zeke has invited me to, and he helped me create the first key Smiling book because I was so inspired by the fact that this man was held back because of a smile. And when he got the smile, I said, that is actually my book. That's the story. It's about how you take someone who doesn't have a smile and give them an inspiring smile that causes them to feel confident and causes them to be an influence, cause them to be a champion for whatever they're trying to shape in the world that makes a difference.
4: And that's a beautiful story, and, and it, it is. Sometimes what's holding us back is visible, um, like uh, th- this man you're describing, and sometimes we can't smile because we can't feel and see what there is to smile about.
1: And yet there's so much to smile about. So let's talk about what you share on your show and what so many people listen to your show for. In 2018, is around the corner, and to, tomorrow is right around the corner, and today is right now. What do we have to smile about? What is it that you're teaching in your show that people need to actually learn so they can have a better life?
4: I help people find the silver linings and the tools to release the negativity that we've collected over our lifetimes, however long we've lived. And so the more, um, uh, until we learn how to release what it is that's upsetting us and hurting us, our thoughts, our emotions, we can feel them and then allow them to flow through. That's one of my main messages, and I offer tools to help people do that and also to part of that is beginning in the moment not only to release old emotions that are stuck but not to get them stuck in the moment but when you are beginning to feel sad or whatever feel sad and then look for the positive okay why am I sad? Oh, well, I'm looking out my window now. It's it's dark. There's no sun. And I love the sunshine. And there's also this beautiful bird just sitting on my bird feeder. The bird isn't even eating, just sitting there for me to enjoy. And and it, it there is so much. There's always nature free and available to all of us. And if something negative has happened to us, so um, I uh, was abused during uh, all, my whole life until in around in my late fifties. I said, "I'm done. No more. No more of this." So I can look back and bemoan the first 60 years, or I can say, you know what? I got out. I have the strength and the courage and the wisdom to make a choice to change, to live a different life. That, my divorce, was the turning point. It was the best day of my life, not the worst, Uh, Maya Angelou said, some marriages are not meant to last. And, you know, you do what you can, and it takes two people to change and, and create a positive relationship. So if that was not possible, I decided to save myself and create a positive life for myself. So I always tell a silver lining story to help people see how they can look at their life. And what happened to me in those first 60 years has allowed me to garner the wisdom and the knowledge and the compassion and empathy to help other people change, to help see their lives and help them see their lives, not as something awful, it is something beautiful and taking the best and moving it forward and continuing to grow that. And I offer tools to people. For instance, if you're struggling, struggling emotionally or have had an emotional trauma, the color pink helps to literally heal uh, emotions. All you have to do is um, buy pink cut flowers or pink roses or wear pink or carry a pink quartz crystal in your pocket or purse and the quartz crystal adds to the healing power. Um, you can light pink candles. You can decorate in pink. Um, it, it's, or you can imagine pink. You can breathe pink light and imagine it coming through your body to calm your body, and to release the emotional pain. So I always share new tools like looking at nature. So I've already shared a a few tools as we're talking because there's always something good to focus on, always something positive. And if we're focused on what's wrong, We don't have the brain cells, the energy, the thoughts to see the positive, to see the good. So yes, feel. Feelings are important, but then release them and allow the positive to refill you. Or gratitude. Um, gratitude was mentioned earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and there were a number of times people said thank you. So thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> gratitude is the best place to move into the new year is the best place to move into what you want in life, whatever it is that you want to create, to come from a place of gratitude. There's always something to be grateful for. There was a period of time where I was probably clinically depressed, but I was what they call a functional Functional and high functioning. I mean, I had all of these awards and all kinds of stuff that I did, but I was miserable. And I began a process of waking up every morning and just listing everything that I was grateful for that we take for granted. I can breathe. I woke up. I have life. I have breath. I can walk. Not everybody can walk. I can talk. I can see. I have a roof over my head. I have food on my table. What we do when we miss all the positive is that we begin with what we don't have and what about ourselves or, or in, um, in the concrete. You know, I don't have that, um, that car or whatever. And we miss what we do have. And so much of it is free.
1: Well, let me go ahead and just actually ask a couple questions. So we brought Andre and Zeke back on because I wanted to ask a couple questions that are very important. So before I uh, turn over the close of the show, I just want to say there's an event tonight that Andre spoke of. We'll put a link to it. There's an event tomorrow for Toys for Tots uh, with Norbeck at Norbeck Country Club in Maryland, Rockville, Maryland. And if you want information on that, obviously we'll be putting that up as well. And... Rosa's birthday is this week and it is a birthday we want to celebrate because she's a team member, a producer of the show and I want to thank her for all that she does to make these shows happen. So first of all, I want to ask the three of you, we'll go with Andre, then Zeke, then Paula, what is a book that you would recommend that would change people's lives in 2018? Go ahead, Andre, first.
3: I recommend Loving What Is... Um, it's a, a book that I've shared with, uh, many, many, um, people, uh, and, um, it's just, I mean, there were so many things that the doctor said that, um, that, uh, kind of really reverberate inside of my own life because, uh, all of us can sometimes have moments that are just overwhelming, right? Many of these people in our communities live in overwhelming circumstances, no food, no housing, you know, uh, criminal justice gone, gone awry. Um, okay. And so that book uh, helped me during a particular moment of my life that I was really, really struggling. Um, and, um, and we'll put a link to I that. I continue to uh, share with other, with other people. Well,
1: we're going to put a link to that. We have like one minute to wrap up. So Zeke, what's the book that okay. you would recommend for people to check out?
5: So it's one that I recently uh, read. It's called Between the World and Me. Um, by TC uh, Coates. Um, it's something that, that really changed um, the way I thought about myself um, in America, and I, and I think it's something that everyone can enjoy and,
1: and glean something from. Thank you very much. And great, book. great book. Dr. Great Paula. Thank, thank you, Andre. Uh, we'll put a link to that. Dr. Paula, quick. Um, the Eight, with eight you, Laws of Change
4: by Stefan Schwartz and I had him on my show and he was uh, so beautifully articulates what I was trying to say and how people like Dr. Martin Luther King, um, Jr. made the difference and how each of us can make a difference through positive action and nonviolent, not through dictatorships or cruel leadership.
1: Awesome. Andre, 15 seconds.
4: Say that cool. you asked me about doing um, I, yep. what what I offer to people. I would like to suggest that people go to com and click on my newsletter. You'll get a free download for a chapter that I use to help people remove the hidden blocks to their being and doing what they want. And you can use it on your own. I offer that free to you.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Paula. And Andre, real quick, 10 seconds, a quote you live by.
3: Oh, uh, well, I was just looking at one that I actually do live by. It's uh, Tony Robbins, and that is life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. So even when you're in the midst of struggle, there's usually a lesson to be mined from that. Okay, so I'll say the only problem with Amplified is when
1: you have too many people that are Amplified, for goodness, you run out of time too quick. So I want to wish everyone a happy (laughs) holidays. And (laughs) Andre, Zeke, and Paula, you have been Amplified. God bless you. Thank you for all you do, and I look forward to a great 2018 with you. And, Rosa, happy birthday.